Well, good morning. So glad you guys are here with us this morning at Christ Community Church. We look forward to continuing our journey through the book of Habakkuk uh, as we talk about faith in uncertain times. You know, last week um, we saw that God made a promise that he would judge Babylon. And this week's passage gets way more specific because God highlights Babylon's specific sin and the judgment he's going to bring upon them. And I know it's hard sometimes to like picture like how brutal this country was uh, and why God was going to be judging them. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody saw in the news, you know, what happened in Memphis, um, a brutal attack um, once again, and um, five officers uh, beat uh, a man to death. And like that still happens. Like we're not immune to the, that type of brutality uh, in our in our world. Like we think it happens afar, but like the things that were happening in Babylon are happening like here. Like that was brutal and cruel and completely out of out of out of bounds and and, and uh, just violent. And so that was an everyday occurrence. Um, just like it is here, uh, we just don't talk about certain things. Like certain things we just, you know, maybe don't hit the news. Maybe it takes a while. But that's what was going on. And, and God used the, the Babylonians, this violent people, to bring judgment on other nations, actually. Uh, even, even, even Judah here. And, and, but they weren't motivated by God's desires. That was the big difference. It wasn't like God was using the nation of Babylon like he was going to use the nation of Israel when Israel was focused on God's desires. They were not focused on his desires. They were motivated by their own evil desires, just like we are. Where is it in Ecclesiastes that it says there's just nothing new under the sun? This has been around since the dawn of mankind. And it will continue until Jesus comes back. Our passage today describes God's judgment with a series of five woes that he gives them and then the five judgments that are going to be doled out. And so I'm going to read a short passage of scripture here in just a second. I'm going to have you stand for that after I pray. Um, But then you're going to be seated because I'm reading a bunch of scripture today because it really just kind of tells the story along the way, but you don't need to get up and down and all that good stuff. So let me pray for us. Then we'll have, I'll have you stand and we'll read uh, what the Lord has to say for us. Lord, this morning we recognize in obvious and in subtle ways, we commit these five woes that we're going to be reading. We're guilty of these woes uh, in one way or another. Some of it Again, it's subtle, but, and it's typically not something that happens overnight either, Lord. The, the things that we're guilty of are a gradual fade. And they can be little ways or they can be generational changing things. But Lord, you said, and you came to us, You always said man's way leads to gaining the whole world, but losing your soul. 
And so as we look at an evil nation shown in the ways that they stole, their cruelty, their, their injustice, the way that they exploited people, all the way to worshiping other idols, Lord, I want us to recognize that we, apart from you, Jesus, find ourselves in these woes. And the judgment of these woes will happen to us apart from you. It's because of you and your grace that we, even in the midst of the woes of this world that affect us, can stand firm in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you could please stand as we read from Habakkuk chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. God is replying to Habakkuk, remember. And this is what the Lord says. Won't those people laugh at the Babylonians? Won't they make fun of them? They will say to them, how terrible it will be for you who pile up stolen goods. You get rich by cheating others. How long will that go on? Those who owe you money will suddenly rise up. You charge them too much interest. So they will wake up and make you tremble with fear. Then they will take away everything you have. You have robbed many nations, so the nations that are left will rob you. You have spilled man's blood. You will be destroyed, lands and cities and everyone in them. You can be seated. I think uh, the wording in some passages of Scripture, when they say, whoa, that's a very appropriate word, right? I mean, (laughs) this isn't like, hey, whoa. You're about to run into somebody. This is like, whoa. Whoa. The first one is stealing. It's taking from others to have more for yourself. And it has, like all these other things, been around since the beginning of mankind. It's gaining more of what we want, whether it's money, things, reputation, by stealing something from other people. I mean, it doesn't have to be a physical thing that you steal. It could be that little comment that you make about that person and you steal a part of their reputation and tarnish it. It can happen to you. I mean, it happens all the time. And it's wrong for obvious reasons. It affects other people, but you know what? It affects us first. Well, then we see God's judgment and what we read as well. He said, you're going to lose everything that you gained. Can you imagine working so hard, lying, stealing? I mean, just the, the keeping up with all of that to gain the whole world. And then all of a sudden you lose it all. And it might not be in this lifetime. But God will have his say. They will lose everything. Now let's look at verses 9 through 11. This is the next woe, and it's injustice. How terrible it will be for the Babylonians. They build their kingdom with money they gain by cheating others. They have tried to make the kingdom as secure as possible. After all, they didn't. They did not want to be destroyed. Verse 10, 
They have planned to wipe out many nations, but they have brought shame on their own kingdom. So they must pay with their own lives. The stones and the walls of their homes will cry out, and the wooden beams will echo that cry. You know, injustice is um, something that I would say many of us care about, um, I would hope, but it's treating others in a way to improve yourself. Like it's a, this is different than maybe stealing something, you know, to improve your life. This is like, I'm going to literally marginalize you as a person and I'm going to set up a whole scenario of laws or or policies or rules or uh, traditions that hold a certain level of people back. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, I remember like pulling in, I was, I was the assistant coach for a Norfolk Academy baseball team one time. And I remember pulling in their parking lot I had a Ford Escort GT that my wife Dee bought when she was 16 years old. And I was driving that joker around. And I pulled that clunker in and I nestled it in between two Mercedes. And this is not an indictment on that school. I mean, it's just, it's just the rules. And then we, we experienced other things that we would see happen in the lives of other children. And our kids would come back and say this and that. And I'd be like, I remember thinking to myself, man, they just have so many advantages. That's just not fair. And then I remembered my brothers and sisters that are black. And I thought, talk about not fair. Like, it's really against them and the way that things are set up. And that's changing. That's good. But for so long, it's, that's been the truth. And so, like, we're guilty of injustice, like, in ways that, like, we think, oh, this is not fair. And it might not be. But injustice is a whole other level of unfairness. Like, it's not me pulling my Ford Escort in between two Mercedes in a parking lot. This is like, I cannot ever make it in life because of a system that's stacked against me. And that's not just here in America. That's it's all over the world. It's a sad thing. That's injustice. That's the type of thing that was going on. And I want to let you know that 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 makes God so mad. I mean, all of, be, of it being done because we want security in life. Like there's something that if we establish this type of you know thing, then we're going to be okay. And so. We seek the security, but it doesn't last. Like it literally just, it, it, it turns over and over and over again. This temptation is in all of us. We treat others unfairly in order to strengthen ourselves. At the very least, all of us are guilty of that in one way or another. And God's judgment is if you practice this injustice, he says, at least to the Babylonians, and eventually to all of us, you, you'll forfeit your life. Like, you do that long enough, I'm not even talking about you might die because of it. Like, your life is going to be just, you're just going to be a a walking dead person. 
Like it's going to kill the inside of you. And left unchecked, it'll eat away at our soul. Then he brings up violence in verses 12 through 14. I mean, hurting others to gain power for ourselves. We always think about that, you know, violence. We always think about it as like uh, physical, right? Like what we observed on TV with those officers doing that. That was a physical, that was physical violence. But I promise you, it stems from something else. I don't know what it was, but it, in there somewhere, in the recesses of the hearts of those, those people, there was probably physical abuse that they experienced. Or maybe it was emotional. Or maybe it was sexual. We don't want to think about that. That's what was going on here. And that's why God was going to levy out these woes. And we would be foolish to think it doesn't happen right here. It just does. Babylon was cruel. It would be from the everyday cruelness that we all can see to like war crime cruelness. That's what they're guilty of. That's what we would call it today, crimes against humanity. And you may not be a violent person like they were. I hope not. If you are, I'd like to see you outside, and I'm going to bring a couple of my buddies. Jack, Gavin, Rob, you guys, Andrew, looking around for all the big guys. Wade's there. No offense. All of you guys can come with me. It's good. <laughs> but you might not be a violent person like they were in Babylon, but we still hurt others, don't we? We hurt others in order to gain power over them. And it damages people. Also, we can feel better. Also, so that we can have power over someone. And God said that his judgment for this is going to be all this for power and your efforts are going to gain you nothing. Because God says, I'm the only real power. Everything else is just a mirage. And all of your effort will be useless in the end as they sought to build an empire. Do you know that their empire didn't even last a hundred years after all this? Gone. Empires come and go. And I'm not even talking like countries. We all in our own way are like building our own little kingdom. Your, your kingdom, your empire is anything that you don't want God's desires to affect. It's like, uh, this, is, this, is, this is mine. <laughs> you know, mine. And so, we see all throughout scriptures, we see all throughout history, actual like, fit, like country, nation, empires come and go, but you know the one thing that even to this day that remains? The word of the Lord. To this day, 
and forever will remain. Well, then in verse 15, he talks about exploitation. How terrible it will be for the Babylonians. They give drinks to their neighbors. They pour the drinks from wineskins until their neighbors are drunk. They want to look at their naked bodies. But the Babylonians will be filled with shame instead of glory. So now it is their turn to drink and be stripped of their clothes. The cup of anger in my powerful right hand is going to punish them. They will be covered with shame instead of glory. Now that's not just a whoa, that's like a whoa, whoa. Like that's a big deal. God is so mad. He's mad when we exploit others to gain pleasure for ourselves. This can be the little subtle sexual harassment ways that we live our lives. It can be the the obvious ways that we do that. And this can be even what we look at online. Exploiting other people, human beings, that we look at just like it was described here. They want to look at their naked bodies. Well, this isn't fun to talk about, but it is a real thing. It can even be the way that we exploit others from a pastor's perspective. Get little favors because I'm the pastor. All the way to those celebrity pastors that, you know, you, you turn, you're like, really? People are falling for this? Yep. They're exploiting people. And this can even be a boss that doesn't pay an employee a fair wage. Exploiting their good work and paying them dirt. God's judgment, he says, you will be filled with shame instead of glory. God says you expose others for your own pleasure. Well, now it's your turn. Now I'm going to expose you. I think there are plenty of things that come across our minds right now where we're like, I hope that doesn't become a slide by God and all of a sudden, boop, there it is about my life. No, thank you. I'm good. And then he moves to idolatry. If someone carves a statue of a God, he says in verse 18, what is it worth? What value is there in a God that teaches lies? The one who trusts in another God worships his own creation. He makes statues of gods that cannot speak. How terrible it will be for the Babylonians. They say to their wooden God, come to life. They say to a stone God, wake up. Can those gods give advice? They are covered with gold and silver. They can't even breathe. But I am in my holy temple. Let the whole earth be silent 
before me. Idolatry doesn't have to be something covered with gold. We think, oh, I don't worship idols. I don't have like a whatever. But an idol can be anything other than God that directs your life. That's why they went to these gods. They were looking for direction in life, meaning purpose. So anything in life that gives you purpose or you think gives you purpose or at the very least uh, is something that you are like looking to other than God is an idol. I mean, we carry one in our pocket or a purse, depending on your, who you are, all the time. We consult our phones all the time. I, I think, I don't think, I'm not saying this is true of anybody in here, so don't look at somebody if you think this is true of them, okay? Let's just not expose each other. Let's deal with our own heart. I don't think it's true that, uh, I don't observe any of you thinking that the, your phone is an idol, right? But it's out there, right? I mean, like people, that's all they do. They're in their phone. What's the average number of touches on a phone per day? Joshua, don't answer this because I already told him this. You, are, you read the article. <laughs> 2,000. 2,000 times a day. Now that's touches. That's not like one, you know, two, you know, like it's like, you know, it's, it's that type of touch. But the average person consults their phone almost 80 times a day. Average. And I'm, they're great tools, aren't they? Man, I'm a terrible person with directions uh, if it's away from Virginia Beach. I love these things. But man, can they become an idol pretty quick. Like we can just kind of like, we're with them all the time. And so, God is saying, you will be deceived and disappointed by anything you put trust in other than me. That can be a spouse. That can be a child. That can be a boss. That can be an author. That can be an Instagram influencer, dare I say. But it's in us all to worship something other than God. It's our sin nature. But it will let you down. It has no value. Anything or anyone other than God will fail you. And I love how God closes out his ending for now. He says in verse 20, which I already read, the Lord closes this way. But I am in my holy temple, as if to say, I have a place, and I'm actually real, and I'm actually there, and I'm so there, and I'm so real, and everything else is so fake, this is my advice, or this is my command, but I am in my holy temple, let the whole earth be silent before me. Man, this is the biggest mic drop ever. Boom. It, it, it is a beautiful verse that speaks of God's awesome majesty and holiness. 
And he says this after all of these woes. It's an invitation for Habakkuk to like, well, that's where I'm going to be then. If you're in your holy temple, I'm going to just be where you are, is the invitation. And that's the invitation to us. God is all over the place, and now we are his holy temple. Do you know that? Because Jesus came and died for us, rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us, and he says, I will take up residence in your heart, not in some temple up on a hill or up in the heaven. I will take my residence up in you. And so you might be thinking to yourself today, man, I've been violating a lot of woes. Well, guess what? Me too. All of us have. You think it was fun making this message? You're just hearing it. But because of Jesus, those woes, they're going to affect things. And yes, it's going to hurt people. And yes, a lot of unfairness is going to be around. Jesus paid the price for that for us on the cross. And we don't have to live in a world worried about the woes. Like, that's the good news here. Like, it has been terrible up to this point, hasn't it, in Habakkuk? But God's saying, those are the woes for Babylon. Notice who he didn't say it was for. God's people. Yes, you're going to be affected by the woes that I do upon other people. It it will affect you, but I'm not going to punish you if you walk in my ways. Because this whole entire time, God is doing here what he did on the cross and what we get to celebrate for communion. God is calling holy people to himself. A holy God is calling a holy people. And that gets to be us. And so on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed and offered up for the cross, he took the Passover meal um, and he put his own twist on it. And that's why we call it the Lord's Supper. Like back then they, they didn't, there was no breaking of the bread. There was, there was just like, there's this and that. And there was like all these, it was the Seder that a lot of people celebrate. And just out of nowhere, Jesus takes a piece of the bread and he says, this bread represents my body broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. And they were like, whoa, what in the world? Like, this is a different deal. And so they all took a piece of bread and then he said, this cup is the cup of my covenant with you. It'll be shed for you, my blood. And do this in remembrance of me. So what Jesus was saying was, I I am going to die, though they didn't quite know at that moment, on the cross. My body will be broken, my blood will be shed because of the woes of this world. Because of the woes that you've implied and, 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 and put on people. Because I'm bringing judgment on those woes and I don't want 
to be without you. So let me come to them. And he did. And he died on the cross for us to pay the price for us.